the Agile brand. Welcome to season six of the Agile brand, where we discuss marketing technology and customer experience trends, insights, and ideas with enterprise and technology platform leaders. We focus on the people, processes, data, and platforms that make brands successful, scalable, customer-focused, and sustainable. This is what makes an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advising Fortune 1000 brands on MarTech, marketing operations, and CX, best-selling author and speaker. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that my latest book, Priority is Action, Seven Principles for Better Strategies, Decisions, and Outcomes, is now available. In it, I give ideas and insights for leaders and teams that need to make meaningful progress on their priorities. After all, our priorities are what we do, not what we say we'd like to do. You can find Priority is Action on Amazon or learn more on my website, gregkillstrom.com. Now let's get on to the show. We are here at the Javits Center in New York for the 2024 National Retail Federation Show, and I'm thrilled to be talking with my guest today here at the Algolia booth. Algolia, the world's only end-to-end AI search and discovery platform, powering over 1.75 trillion search requests a year, has made some exciting announcements here at the NRF Show. Today we're going to talk about two of these announcements and how AI-powered search and discovery to build dynamic, customer-centric e-commerce experiences. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Bernadette Nixon, CEO of Algolia. Bernadette, welcome to the show. Hi, Greg. Great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about these uh, announcements with you. Why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as, as well as your role at uh, Algolia? Sure, absolutely. So I'm the CEO of Algolia. I've been with the company since uh, the beginning of 2020, so the first wave of the pandemic. So it's been uh, a crazy few years, exactly, but fantastic. So I'm passionate about search and all that it can drive. This is my sort of third incarnation um, related to search. So uh, it's, uh, it's a fabulous company to be part of, and it's a fabulous time to be involved in the whole search and discovery market. Yeah, it seems that way, definitely. And I know we're going to get into at least, I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but we'll focus on two, two areas here. So, and the, you know, the two announcements in particular I'd like to talk about are um, going to help us highlight some of the ways that the world's leading retailers can maintain their leads and continue to offer their customers the most dynamic e-commerce experience possible. So to start, let's talk about using AI to curate the shopping experience, creating much greater efficiencies for the retailers themselves, while potentially creating a much better and more personalized shopping experience for their customers. So I want to talk about um, Algolia's big announcement of the merchandising studio in a second. But to start, let's talk about some of the challenges here that those retailers out there are already facing. What exactly do we mean when uh, we talk about retailers being frustrated by having to manually merchandise? And what is the strain this puts on internal e-commerce teams? Sure, absolutely. Um, So it's interesting, when I last did a road show, uh, which was last month, and I saw probably about 10 different customers and different partners on top of that, one of the, the key themes was that their merchandisers were maxed out. Their merchandisers were just 
inundated with what they had to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And it doesn't matter whether the economy is going up or the economy is going down, there never seems to be enough merchandising capability that you can afford or attract or retain in the business. And so, as a consequence, you know, every retailer out there is merchandising for the common queries or what is often called the head queries or the fat head. So it's those popular queries and merchandisers over, over years, over time, have often manually merchandised for, the, for those most popular queries. But by definition, therefore, if you have a long tail of queries that are less popular, but nevertheless, when you combine them, they are, represent a significant portion of revenue, then you just don't have enough merchandisers to merchandise for that long tail. So doing everything manually as used to be the case is just not it's not feasible any longer given the size of catalogs and given the volume of search requests that companies are getting. And what, what effect does that have on the end customers then as well? So it's interesting because what we're also seeing is the number of words in a search request is increasing. And when you're in, if you're in the search box, think about your own buying sort of habits. When I know exactly what I want, I probably do have a few more words in the search box. That is when I am at my highest intent. But because I maybe use a few more words, I've got four words in the query, it's not one of the popular queries. So they've not taken the time to curate the experience that I will encounter as a result. And as a consequence, then as a consumer, I probably bounce to another site because the switching cost between e-commerce sites is zero. So it's a, it's, a, it's a big issue. The other aspect is, you know, if companies are in a challenging sector, for example, then, you know, website traffic is probably declining. E-commerce teams are under pressure to attract more traffic to their site. And what I often say to them, that's not the only way of solving that problem. How about you do something with the traffic that's already coming to your site and that is already high intent? service that in a better way and it's a shorter route and a cheaper route to increase revenue and that's where we come in yeah yeah so let's let's talk about them sure. that then so how does a solution like algolia's merchandising studio help to solve some of these challenges then so we the, the, the vision for our AI merchandising studio is that a merchandiser can come to a dashboard that is specifically designed for them as a business user and that ultimately they would be able to define their goals. They want to increase their revenue or they're wanting to increase their average order value or you know, conversion, all the different things you can imagine. But they can prioritize those and they can have different paths forward as to how to accomplish it. But ultimately, the, I would say the overarching goal that we have for the Merch Studio is that we are looking to give the merchandisers control. In order to give them control, we have to give them visibility. So we give them visibility into their revenue analytics so that they can see when things are going well or not so well, and they can choose to take an action. If you don't have that visibility, you don't have the control. So control is a big theme for us. Transparency is in service of that. And then the other aspect, and we can get into this more if it's interesting, but the other aspect is we want manual to be a choice. There are definitely times where you know, um, a, a retailer may have a contract with a major brand and they have to make sure that you know, at this time of year that's in the number one spot. 
you're going to have to manually boost that. But there are other times of the year, other times of your season, where you want to have much more automation. So it's not an either or, or an all or nothing. We want to give you the capability and the control so that you can choose to be manual where you need to, but you can also have a lot more productivity because of the automation. Yeah, yeah I think that gets away from the, um, maybe it, it could be a little scary to some to have it completely automated without that kind of the business lever kind of thing. Right. Is that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. although data-driven merchandising is definitely a trend of now and yeah. the future, yeah. we also realize that you still do need, there are those situations where you need the, you know, the, the special curation, the, the personal curation of your, your merchandising team. Yeah. So let's get back to the revenue analytics feature. Um, definitely interested in talking a little bit more about that. So um, what did retailers previously have to do to get that level of insight that, um, that the, the re revenue analytics feature has? We did focus groups and we have a merchandising um, specific uh, customer advisory board. And when we asked that question, we were quite blown away by the answer. It was everything from there was a daily report, which if you think about it, is a batch job somewhere coming out right. of some system. <laughs> right. to, or multiple systems. Right, exactly, right? Yeah. multiple systems, yes, exactly. Um, to cobbling it together online and they developed their own sort of dashboard of sorts. So it really ran the, the gamut. There was no one sort of master system of, system of engagement. There was no one magic source. It was so fragmented and all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So what does this mean for those um, end retail customers as well? So, you know, definitely lots of visibility for the, for the retailers, but you know, how do, how do the end customers benefit from this too? Well, it's, you know, if the retailer is, is doing a good job with the technology, then when I come to a particular store, I will feel understood. And how that will manifest to me is that I will get things that are relevant for me in the moment, in the session, real time, um, and it will, it, it won't, I won't be able to tell that they're just pushing a certain item because you can tell as a consumer when you go to a site, oh my gosh, they've got a, you know, they're obviously pushing, you know, product X, Y, and Z right now. That's not what I'm looking for. So that's how it will, it will feel like I'm understood. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com agile, that's partnerhero.com A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Before we get back to the show, I just wanted to remind you to hit the follow or subscribe button on your app to make sure you get notified when new episodes of this show are available. Now let's get back to the show. 
So next topic I want to talk about relates to your other big announcement here at the NRF show, um, and that's the generative AI capabilities. Um, and also, thank you for contributing the forward to the generative AI book. It's so, my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for Definitely. asking. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, had a great, great, great results from that book so far. So, um, awesome. so along along those lines, generative AI capabilities for shopping experiences. You know, with McKinsey projecting the potential economic impact of Gen AI between 2.5 and 4.4 trillion. Uh, with a T, <laughs> um, a key area for its application is in retail and consumer goods, estimated to be about 400 to 600 billion alone of that. So, you know, we've all probably seen some interesting use cases of generative AI already, um, but Algolia's application of Gen AI, Gen AI for shopping experiences is pretty exciting because it solves some big challenges for retailers at a critical point in the buyer's journey, that search and discovery stage. Can you talk a little bit about what it means to use generative AI in the search bar of an e-commerce site and how this benefits customers? Sure, and so I often think that when people talk about generative AI and retail, that it's almost synonymous with conversational commerce or a chatbot. But generative shopping experiences are so much more than that. And so when we at Algolia think about this, there are four different patterns. Certainly conversational commerce is one of it, where it's a more dynamic interaction between you and your customer. But there are other, um, other ways that it manifests itself. Uh, you can have product guides, for example. That often lends itself very nicely to B2B, but not exclusively. I mean, if you're buying, you know, if you're, um, you know, if you're a skier and you're, or you're a hiker, and you, you know, what's the best type of shoe if I'm going to be in muddy terrain? You know, you want the waterproof, but you want to breathe. And so there are, you know, even in in consumer goods, there's a there's an argument for augmenting that buyer's journey with that interactive, um, you know, buyer's guide or product comparisons. So there's buyer's guides, there's product comparisons. Yes, there is conversational commerce. And those are all from the, the consumer experience or the business buyer experience. But then you come to inside the four walls of the B2C or B2B company, or mainly B2C, I would say, in this instance. And it's the merchandising co-pilot. So for example, how can you help the merchandiser by having attribute enrichment? The number of customers that I meet when I ask the when I ask the question, you know, how many attributes do you have per item in your catalog? I, mean, I met with one just now, and they said anywhere between 12 and 30, and I, they are on the high end. I told them that. I said because the normally I get, you know, five, six is usually what we what we get. So attribute enrichment is a, you know, that could be regarded as another as an element of a merchandising co-pilot, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so um, you gave a lot of great examples there. Uh, wondering maybe if you could talk a little bit more about the conversational agent and, and some use cases there. Yes, we were um, doing an experiment with one of our customers recently and they're a grocer and they wanted to have that interaction with a customer, for example, around helping them plan for a dinner party. And so they wanted to be able to, for, for you to be able to say, okay, what does it take to put a great Japanese dinner party for five together. And it would come back with different suggestions for different dishes. 
and then you could click um, search results, provide me basically with the shopping list or the, 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 the product assortment that I could choose from. And you could have frozen versions of goods, free, you know, fresh versions of goods. And then you could have, you know, you could cheat a little. And there was the the pre the pre-made. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you could make it me. easy on yeah. yourself. I'd do a little bit of both. Well, no, you're right. I'd probably do the cheating bit too. Um, but I love that because you could. It was an interactive experience. It it, it didn't take long to get to the crooks of the. Here's the recipe for five people and then here's your product selection and what's important when you're looking at a generative uh, AI experience you know live with a customer versus using it for copywriting it's you know you don't want the risk of hallucination therefore with Algolia search being powering this behind the scenes as well as the generative AI stuff the combination of those two things together give you the confidence and the trust in what's going to be returned as a retailer. So it's always going to return real products that... Exactly. Yeah. It won't be returning stuff that you don't carry. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's great. Well, Bernadette, thanks so much for joining. Um, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, you've given a lot of great insights, a lot of great advice already, and definitely exciting to hear about the announcements here at NRF. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what comes next um, here, though. So, you know, there's an amazing foundation for continuous experimentation and improvement and all sorts of things with search and discovery. What are your thoughts on what retailers should be looking ahead to in the months to come? Yeah, it's interesting. So we've both mentioned experimentation um, here, and I think it's important for companies to understand do they have the appetite for experimentation? Do they have the budget for experimentation? And do they have the appetite for failure? Because that is all part and parcel of it. Yeah. And there are some companies out there, some retailers that, yes, they 100% have the appetite for all three of those things. And there's some that don't, and that's okay. So on the basis that every company will be an AI company, otherwise they won't exist. That's certainly our perspective. I don't think we're unique in that. Because of the expertise that's needed, then I think the vast majority of retailers out there are going to need companies like us, which yes, we are search as a service, but you can also view us as AI as a service. They're gonna need the help and we're here to help. That's great, that's great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Bernadette Nixon, CEO of Algolia for joining the show. You can learn more about Bernadette and Algolia by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. While you're there, check out my series of best-selling Agile Brand guides, covering a wide variety of marketing technology topics, or you can search for Greg Kilstrom on Amazon. The Agile Brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. The Agile Brand.